Blog Talk Radio. Rodolph Roman here, the host of The Roman Show for the episode of the week of September 25th, 2017. This episode, we welcome Brian Christopher, former WWE wrestler and legendary ring announcer, Gary Michael Capetta. This plus much more coming up next. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the face. Booster, go. Retro, go. Vital, go. Fly. Guidance, Surgeon, go. Guidance, go. GNC, we're going. Go. 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 The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman. It's another episode, and we're pumped. We got Brian Christopher, a former WWE talent, and teamed up with. Uh, uh, Scotty Tuhati, known as Too Cool, uh, also a tag team champion, both of them, they were both tag team champions, and a legendary ring announcer who worked for then WWF, now WWE, uh, AWA, uh, TNA, and even made some appearances in the ROHs. Uh, so this man has been around, and he has taken his one-man stage show across the country. He will talk about it a little later here on the program, but let's get things Right straight into gear. Like to welcome my co-host, the dashing one, Mr. George Alonzo. Great job on the introduction. The only thing is, I, I see you staring at it, at my green martini, just to let you know, is a Lucky Charms flavored martini. Just like you like them, very colorful. Anyway, on to the stores. <laughs> All right, here we go, guys. Uh, well, some announcements here. FEW. We'll be hosting a show on October 19 in Coral Springs at the Coral Springs High School, 7201 uh, West Sample Road. That is on a Thursday. But make sure you get out there and uh, watch some great um, performers going at it, including this is actually a uh, rescheduled show. They were scheduled to have this uh, earlier this month in September, but because of Hurricane Irma, they had to push it to uh, October 19th. And also, this Saturday, it's a huge night. Because we have 3-0 Fights TV. And a little later today, not only are we going to have Brian, but Gary, also Elio, the producer of 3-0 Fights TV, right here on The Roman Show to let us know what's going down this Saturday, September 30th at the 380 District, 380 Northeast, 59th Street, Miami, Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a fun-filled uh, fight night. You have uh, exciting amateur mixed martial arts you got grappling kickboxing and entertainment all taking place right here in miami florida that's 30fights.com for more information we'll talk to elio a little later today so make sure you write down all that information and details on your calendar before we bring in brian chris and you know what i'm actually in a good mood george we'll talk some pro wrestling a little bit let's welcome brian christopher right now on the roman show Hello, everybody. My name is James Han, and I am with The Roman Show. 
I am here with my special guest. Thank you for calling. Is this Mr. Christopher? Who would refer to me as, are we live? Yes, sir. We're live. Well, if we're live, then you've got to address me the correct way. I am former WWE World Tag Team Champion, Grandmaster Sexy. Future Hall of Famer. My name Christopher. Oh, yeah. Future Hall of Famer, baby. I'll be sporting that ring next year. Oh, and you know what? If you, When you do, I can't wait to see it. Just to say that I got to talk to you and get a call one of your matches. You'll be calling my match right there in, uh, no, it's outside of Cincinnati. What's Wes Harrison, right? Yes, sir. I, lo- I, I, I was there not too long ago. Uh, what, about two years ago? Uh, you, I remember stomping the snot out of somebody. Um, I believe it was Crimson. Crimson, that's right. And he wasn't even the real Crimson. He was the fake Crimson. The real Crimson is the uh, TNA Crimson, you know what I'm saying? Right. Matter of fact, the real Crimson called me two days before the match. And he said, please, I know you're going to give this guy a hip-hop drop. So go a little bit higher than normal and promise me you'll break his nose. Which, yeah, you got that matchup. So before we talk about West Harrison, Indiana, there is a couple of oh, questions. Oh, i tell you what, whose nose am I going to break uh, September 9th? Uh, Shane Mercer, I believe. Shane Mercer? Well, he calls himself the, uh, the, Iron, the Demon. Iron Demon, right? Correct. The Iron Demon. Oh, this guy sounds intimidating. He sounds like I might need to start shaking in my boots. But guess what? I'm not even wearing boots. <laughs> so before we get into your opponent, I have a couple of questions that I want to ask. Uh, what's This is like some WWE-related. Uh, what's your thoughts on the current WWE product as of right now? Well, I mean, you know, I'm here in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, um, here at the Crown Plaza Airport doing a uh, horror con, which, uh, you know, is, is mainly about The Walking Dead and uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, creepy horror stuff, you know what I'm saying? But there's a, there's a contingency of wrestlers here, and we keep on getting that same question. And all the wrestlers here are pretty much from the Attitude Era. Right. And so we all, that's what we're used to. We're used to, um, I'll be honest, all right, listen, one day Vince pulled us all into a big uh, ballroom, and he said, as of today, everybody's going to have attitude. I don't care if you're in the mall. I don't care if you're eating at a restaurant, and I don't care if you're at the airport. You're going to have attitude. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so everybody did. We had attitude. We walked and talked just the, the way we normally would. We didn't read scripts and stuff like that written by writers that used to write for The Simpsons. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much how it's done today. So, uh, um, I mean, when you got when you got people like DX... And you got China. Too cool. Too cool. Eddie Guerrero, uh, Chris Benoit. I mean, you know, the Hardy Boys, the Edge and Christian. I could go on and on. You know what I'm saying? When you got guys like that, you just can't compare. Nothing, nothing could compare. Not even Hulk Hogan and Razor Ramon and all them guys down at just WCW. They couldn't compare. We put them out of business. Right, which was a great moment to see as a fan itself, personally. 
because I am a fan of you as well. I grew up watching you. I am an I'm a fan in general of the Attitude Era. Uh, if let's just say you were to come back to WWE right now, who would you like to face? Who would I like to face right now? I'd tell you who, and this might shock you, because I really don't like this guy. And I'm shooting right now, from the hip, R-Truth. You know what? I would love you know to why? see you and R-Truth together in a match. Yeah. You know why? Because when I uh, left the WWE, he left the WWE at the same time. And we both got signed again. Now, this was back in the day. You probably remember this. Um, this is when PNA first started, and we had a pay-per-view every Wednesday night for $9.99. And I thought that was the craziest thing, you know, of all time. Who's going to buy a pay-per-view every Wednesday night? But anyway, me and our crew teamed up, and we became too cruel. But you know what? Our truth might be like to go out and hit a little something, something uh, right before the man down south. He'd forget it. <laughs> and then lose, you know, sometimes when it's supposed to. So, I, you know, we and him did get along. We butted heads, and we never got along since then. And he thinks he's a better rapper than me. Well, I'll tell you what. Google me. Google Green Sexy Back. It's on iTunes. It's a CD, baby. You know what I'm saying? That's my CD. And you listen to track one, and you tell me hard truth and rap better than I Oh, I'm going to go with you. I've actually heard the song. You have? Yes, I am. Well, guess what? If you've heard my song when I see you uh, uh, September 9th, I'm going to you on my well, I wouldn't go that far. I, will, I, I mean, be, you know I'm joking, right, brother? And I know you'd fuck her up. Uh, I will be joking. glad to take hey, a listen, handshake. Dog, I'm here. I'm. Uh, I gotta get back to my table. I got a long. I got a line like you wouldn't believe. It's in the longer than my dad's. Uh, What's right, my so next question, real brother. quick? I will see you September the ninth. Before you dip out of here, Mr. Christopher, Mr. Uh, Mr. Grandmaster Sexy, what is your thoughts on your dad getting in the ring at his age at this current moment? Hey, I'll be honest with you. Not many. He is a tremendous. You need to uh, YouTube some of his uh, matches from the eighties and stuff. You know what I'm saying? I just saw him throw a drop. Hey, I'll tell you what. Listen to this. Henderson, Tennessee. He's wrestling a dude six foot five, over four hundred pounds. First move of the match, the dude breaks his shoulder separates his clavicle from his collarbone, he still finishes the match. That was the first move of the match. Wow. So never doubt the key. You understand? Right on. So before we head out of here, which we're getting ready to, uh, your thoughts for Battle on the Border Management and your opponent, Shane Mercer, on September 9th. My thoughts on Shane Mercer, guess what? Hashtag, he's going down. And any words for battle on the border management? 
Book me every show, and you'll get over. All right. Thank you for calling in, Mr. Grandmaster Sexay, former WWF Tag Team Champion, future WWF Hall of Famer. And now, it's time to give you a reality check. Okay, guys, there you heard it. Brian Christopher talking about Jerry the King Lawler. And thank you very much to our contributor, Mr. James Hand, who's all the way in Ohio. Thanks for uh, producing that interview for us, James. And you can also follow him on social media on Facebook, James Hand. Look him up as he will be working with us up in the, the northern United States to cover pro wrestling. Well, George, a lot of uh, action happening in the world of professional wrestling. We just got word that during Monday Night Raw, the Bullet Club of Ring of Honor, and also you've seen them on New Japan Pro Wrestling, took over Monday Night Raw. It takes us back to the good old days when DX invaded WCW. Of course, they did a little different. They weren't on a Jeep. These guys were on a limo, and uh, they were out there on a megaphone, similar to DX. But this is just, this is great times, man. And, and this is... Now, I was talking to you this previously. It's not like they're getting Ring of Honor's blessing. And they just went on their own. Just started talking crap on the mic. They put everything on social media. And according to the pictures that we have seen, it went pretty well. Uh, yeah, like as a matter of fact, it was actually quite funny to watch it again. Like in, in this time, I remember when we were just very young, when we saw that DX truck come into WCW. And funny how you... Kind of sounded like a redneck there. Um, you know, when WCW drove up to the garage of WCW and uh, basically was, you know, sending out, hey, we're here to invade. And, and mind you, the Bullet Club did something close to similar uh, with this march, with the BC march, with the BC invasion. And by all means, I, I think it, it, to me, is brilliant. You know, it's. I find it funny. Is it, listen, whether you are with it or you're not, I see it as this. It was entertainment for the crowd that was outside waiting in the heat. So, mind you, thank you, Bullet Club, for entertaining those fans outside. I know you had your 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 moment that and your reasons, but you entertained the fans outside that were in that scorching heat waiting for the doors to open. And then when the doors open, then guess what? They're in for more fun with WWE Raw. So I know they they had a point, whether their point went across or not. At the end of the day, the fans are the ones that matter, and they got entertained. I think it's brilliant. I think it's creative. I think it's fun. It's something that we have not seen in quite some time, and, and it really brings the, the wrestling community together to see the Bullet Club invading Monday Night Raw that's just awesome. It really, truly is. All right, John Cena, No Mercy, seemed to almost give a, a, a farewell type of feeling as he had a standing ovation right after his loss against Roman Reigns, after he put over Roman Reigns as the new face of the WWE. Uh, George, what do we see in John Cena's career? Is he over? I, I think he still has some steam. I think he's going to be a part-timer showing up in those big shows. Listen, the guy is already in his 40s, right, Bob? Correct? Or heading into his 40s. And, hey, plan B's coming. He can wrestle for the rest of his life. 
You know, he wants to take care of his body. I'm sure he wants to be a father as well. So I know he wants to dedicate his time to Hollywood. He wants to dedicate himself to... Uh, there was even talk that one day he was going to be a, a co-host for one of the morning talk shows. Uh, will this is the end? Is this the end of John Cena? Will we see him? Will we see him t- until WrestleMania, or will we see him perhaps a Survivor Series? What do you think? Well, John Cena did go on to a WWE.com interview uh, and say that he's not saying that it's over. He's just saying that he cannot continue. To, uh, his career the same path as he's been for the past couple of years. So does that mean maybe he's turning into a part-timer? Maybe. I, that's what I'm assuming. Because, again, I, he is 40 years old. Uh, his body has gone through it all. He's gone through tables, ladders, uh, all to entertain us as fans. So, you know, and with, with time, your body starts to say, hey, enough is enough. And I guess John Cena's body is starting to get to that point, and I can't blame him. You know, there's no one out there in the world, nobody, whether you're in the wrestling business, football business, uh, bowling business, uh, workout business, no one out there that could take care of you as good as you can take care of yourself. And that's what John Cena's doing. He's taking care of himself, and he's just cutting down on his schedule a little bit. He's not saying that he's done but basically, like how he he um, described himself, that he's just gonna be like that weird Batman character that when you shine the light, that he'll come a running. Yeah, and, and I agree. I think it's time. I mean, we've seen that guy. And you know, one thing about John Cena is, and you have to give credit where credit is due. When Cena started back in the Attitude Era, not to take anything away from the wrestlers from that time, but and you and I could agree on this. The wrestlers of today are a lot more athletic than they were back then. And John Cena understood that. And he went with it. He rolled with the punches. As he was getting older, fresh blood was coming in. More athletic, more death-defying, taking more risk. And whether you like it or not, John Cena adapted to that style. He was your type of guy that would do you know, a drop kick, uh, an elbow, and then his finisher. Then you saw him do Hurricane Ranas and all these crazy moves. And people don't really look at what John Cena has done. He evolved throughout his career. He really did. He's not like your Hulk Hogan. Okay, he changed his persona. Fine. But he never changed the way he performed inside the ring. John Cena did that. He did, he did it both on a persona-wise, gimmick-wise. But physically inside the ring, you have to give credit where credit is due. When it came to Hogan, the most that you saw a change in him was his look. When he changed to black and white, and even when he changed back to red and yellow, he still continued to look as that Hollywood moniker. But when it came to wrestling, he continued to be that same big boot leg drop and, and clothesline and punching and, and so on and so forth. And again, not bashing Hogan. That's just fact. Cena was not is not the same person he was when he first won the world championship uh back in at WrestleMania okay uh, he's a completely different wrestler uh he's changed he's evolved like you said and like I said there's no one better that to take care of you but yourself and right now he's just cutting down on the schedule and you can't blame the guy Michael Cole calls him the goat the greatest of all time 
Do you think that's a little bit too much? I'm, I'm actually going gonna, gonna to go on a limb here, and I'm going to agree with Michael Cole, and I'll tell you why. Because Cena, right, let, let's take a look now. Not, let's not just pick on Hulk Hogan. Let's, let's go ahead and take a look at The Rock. All right, Great performer, great wrestler. We know that. Both as a persona, he changed his character. He evolved his character. But again, inside the ring, the most change that we saw was what? A kip-up? He did like three, four kip-ups? But that's pretty much it. We didn't see him do any Hurricane Ranas. We, we didn't see him do any, any splashes uh, or, or do any um, attitude adjustments to the top rope. We didn't see him evolve and doing new things. So I'm going to go out on him. I'm going to have to agree with Michael Cole that when it comes to not star power, because you can't compare the star power that John Cena has compared to the ones of Rock and Hogan. No, they're at another level. But... According to pro wrestling, I think that Cena, I would have to say he is potentially the greatest of all time for that reason. Uh, I, I have to say yes, uh, uh, he is the greatest of all time, uh, or at least one of them. Uh, and uh, I have to say, if it's not his style, if it's not his personality of what he's done to be an, an ambassador of sorts for WWE... It's also his dedication. It's also his time. His how long he's been on the business. He's never taken a day off unless he's been injured. And even when he was injured, the man beat all odds by coming back sooner than any doctor ever expected. And, and that was I still to this day remember that Royal Rumble when he was a surprise entrant, uh, number thirty, and it shocked everyone. So basically, uh, you know, when it comes to everything all in one package. Yes, I believe Cena does deserve the title of the greatest of all time. Absolutely. All right, let's kick into gears now. We're going to welcome in legendary ring announcer, Mr. Gary Michael Capetta. You know, I myself, I ring announce at several uh, MMA shows, boxing shows. And before we move on and welcome Gary, I want to remind everyone that if you are in South Florida, you need to put this on your calendar. December 9th, Sweetwater returns for the first time, or brings back pro wrestling. It's a big event, December 9th, at the George Mascanosa George, Park. Jose. Jose Mascanosa. Why don't I say George? I'm giving you the, the name of the, of the park already. Yeah, I wouldn't mind, but I, I want to make sure these fans are well-informed. <laughs> Jose Mascanosa. I don't know why I thought it was Jorge. I could have thrown a Jorge. I, I don't know why I had that in my mind. I just, I just had it for some reason. It's December the 9th. Okay, doors open at 5.30 p.m., bell times at 6. You got 10 spectacular matches. Now, one of them is boring, okay? 10 matches plus a special meet and greet with legend Glacier from WCW. And how much are you paying for this? Roman, let me ask you something. How much do you think a ticket price would be for 10 matches? Including people from NXT, Ring of Honor, uh, you know, from uh, from all walks of life, from Europe, from WCW. How much do you think a ticket price would be? Yeah, easily fifteen, twenty bucks. Guess what? You're getting this for free. So. Free, and you're not getting any bums. You're getting these guys are legit. You've seen them on TV. You've seen them uh, all over the independents on your YouTube channels. You follow them on Twitter. These guys are legit pro wrestlers that are coming down here exclusively for this amazing show at the Jose Mascanosa Park, 250 Southwest 114th Avenue 
And for the, I mean, some of these guys, we're going to see them for the first time here in Miami. I mean, Glacier, I can remember the last time he was here. Maybe when WCW was around. Yeah, Glacier, I don't, last time he was around was here when WCW. Yes, you're right. But, you know, we've never seen the ROH and international superstar Chris Silvio here in Miami. Nor have we ever seen 205 Live's the Mr. Studtacular Bryson Scott. We have never seen the Aztec Warrior Alex Cruz or the Federated Heavyweight Champion Ray Fury. Uh, you know, you have so many people. And on top of that, the main event, formerly known as Mr. 450, now known as the Mecha Wolf, will be going against his number one protege. So it's going to be Teacher versus Protege in the main event, the Mecha Wolf versus Lacey Lane in a phenomenal intergender main event. And how often do we see intergender matches? Not that much. So go ahead, mark it on your calendar. December 9th, Jose Mascanosa Park, 250 Southwest, 114 South. There's no excuse. It's free. I mean, what else do you want, man? It's, It's a free gift. Listen, if you're a wrestling fan and you tell me, hey, no, I'm going to the movies and I'm giving you an event for free, I'll be like, really? <laughs> you got a movie that could still be there tomorrow, okay? This event is one time. It's not going to be shown two, three times. It's one time and it's for free. Think about that. Put it on your calendar. December 9th, Jose Mascanosa Park, Sweetwater Wrestling Fan Fest. Make sure you're there. All right, we're welcoming... Legendary ring announcer, Mr. Gary Michael Capetta, right now on The Roman Show, followed by producer of 30 Fights TV, Mr. Elio, who will let us know what is going to take place on September 30th, this Saturday, in Miami, Florida. Welcome back, everyone, to The Roman Show this Saturday, September 30th. This is the place you have to be at 380 District, located at 380 Northeast, 59th Street in Miami, Florida. You're going to have the top amateur mixed martial artists duke it out inside the cage. That's this Saturday, September 30th in Miami, Florida. Make sure you get your tickets uh, right now before it sells out because it's expected to sell out. And right now it's a... A great honor to have the producer of 305 Fights right here on The Roman Show, Mr. Elio Tarago. Elio, thanks so much for uh, allowing us to speak to you and let us know. Give us a 411 on what is expected on September 30th at the 380 District right here in Miami, Florida. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Roman. First of all, I would like to thank you and uh, The Roman Show for being our, our special professional announcer. You've done a lot of announcements, so I know you're going to bring your professionalism and to our show, and it's going to upgrade our show. 305 Fights, the reason we put 305 Fights is because we are promoting Miami and Miami's talent like yourself, and we're going to have also performing artists, local rappers, reggaetoneros, the local fighters. We're promoting not just MMA, but we're promoting all the different talents in 305 Fights and the culture of 305. Uh, and that's why we say we're Champions Rise, because what I found in Miami is that we have all different talents, cultures, trying to rise. 
coming above from low standard to high standard. For example, we just passed Irma, mm -hmm. and everybody's trying to arise from the different situations that arise with Irma and and destruction and go forward. So that's our idea. So I would really like to thank you again and everybody that's involved with your five fights. It's an amateur fight league. We're gonna have a great night of fights, entertainment in the 380 district, which is 380 Northeast 59th Street, Miami, Florida. That's a uh, little Haiti. Again, you see, little Haiti, little Havana. This is 305. 305 is all, all of us. So I would like to everybody to come and represent 305. So thank you very much. No, my my pleasure, and thank you for for allowing me to uh, announce your show. So we have great fighters. Some of them perhaps getting inside the cage for the first time, feeling what it is to get in a in a in an amateur fight in MMA before they head out to the pros. How many fights do we have so far? Uh, projected to take place on September 30th? We have projected 15 fights right now. Uh, we have projected uh, 10 MMA fights, mm -hmm. kickboxing, grappling. The Again, we want to promote all the arts, all the disciplines, all the combative sports in our 305 area and Miami area where you know we want to see future champions in the UFC and, and whatnot. Uh, reach their goals. Uh, we also are going to have a, a guest announcer and uh, MC, a guest MC, Damien Pinto from The Voice of Dance, uh, Ultra Music Fest, and also Don King Boxing announcer. He's going to be announcing the showcase musical talent that we're going to be having. So it's going to be a whole night of combat sports and entertainment. You can't go wrong with that. Again, that's at the 380 District, 380 Northeast 59th Street. You can call 786-344-6973 to get your tickets. Now, will there be any titles on the line uh, in this event, this first event of 305 Fights? Yes, great question. We have three titles on the line, and the title fights are going to be awesome. We have a female title fight, uh, one 115 pounds. Uh, one of the females is from Free Fighting Academy, has a lot of experience. She's waiting for the opportunity for the title. She's going to get the opportunity. The other uh, fighting female is with a coach, Rodney, who is an uh, Olympic uh, coach from Cuba, who is excellent. So that's going to be one of the great fights that I'm looking for is the female fight. Uh, and we have other two other more. So we're going to total three title fights that night. So, and at what time are the doors opening? And uh, we have a couple of uh, entertainers, like you mentioned, but it's a, it's a, it's a long night that people are going to enjoy uh, this Saturday, September 30th. So what time is the, the doors open and uh, bell time? Doors open at 6. Bell time is going to be at 7 o'clock. And uh, we'll be having, in between, our awesome showcasing MMA fights with people that have records and people that are debuting brand new and in between we'll be having a special spotlight musical guest and highlighting our sponsors we have like i said great sponsors we have a i'm going to put on mr cesar ramos from idf and cabell events professional event company that's also one of our associates in the events and they'll talk about some of the sponsors some of the things happening okay okay go ahead Okay, this is uh, Mr. Cesare Ramos. Good afternoon, Mr. Roman. How are you doing today? Good and yourself. Thanks so much. So tell us a little bit about uh, your relationship with 305 Fights 
and uh, how your company is helping out the promotion. Yes, um, well, my company, we are a technology company, and again, we, we tried partnering with within the organization or within the event, we tried to partner with local businesses to keep it within the 305 community because that's what we're trying to build here. Some of the other partners that we have within the event are local businesses, also organizations, such as Cartel Baggers. We have uh, Mr. Frank Morejon from MMA Max, International Ballers, Knockout Fight Gear, National Health Transport, NMS, Natural Motion Systems, Padrinos Bill Bonds, Cabell Event and Marketing, Quest Workspaces, Regions Guns and Ammo. We, we focused on looking for partnerships across all industries, just like we've looked for fighters that have different skill levels, different arts, different talents. We look for partnerships across all industries to show that it's not just the need to fight or find someone that's involved with fighting or combat. It's everyone can support the community. Everyone can support these these men and women that are looking to grow themselves within this arena. Absolutely, and I, I want to thank you there so much because it's a great thing all these local companies are getting together uh, to promote this event, which is allowing a platform from these, these young mixed martial artists uh, to showcase their skills and perhaps you know, it's that stepping stone to getting to the professional level. So thank you very much for supporting the uh, promotions and, of course, the, mar the mixed martial arts um, community. I'm, I'm glad we can, Mr. Roman. Let me pass yes. it back to Mr. Elias Rago. Sure. Mr. Well, Roman, yes, I also... Uh, uh -huh, go ahead. Yes, uh, part of me, sir. Go ahead, go ahead. I said I always wanted to mention that 305 Fights TV is an amateur fight league, but the title holders have the opportunity to get a professional contract with Battleground. We're associated with associated ourselves with Battleground, mm -hmm. and they have a opportunity to become a professional and get a professional contract. I also would like to thank all the local schools, coaches, trainers. These are the guys behind the scenes that really make all the events happen. I don't have the list with me right now, but mm -hmm. I would like to thank Judo Kickboxing, American Top Team, Free Fighting Academy, Lucky's Muay Thai, um, everybody, Twin Dragons, Martial Arts, everybody, all the local schools and coaches that have been helping us behind the scenes, creating the events, which is the fighters and the trainers that put all their efforts into it. Well, Eli, I want to thank you so very much for your time and uh, looking forward to the September 30th, this Saturday at 380 District, 380 Northeast 59th Street in Miami, Florida, as 3-0 Fights TV debuts here in South Florida, and you're going to see top talent locally right here from the 305 and a lot of entertainers, so you're going to get a bang for your buck as you're going to get some MMA action. Not just MMA action, you're going to get combat sports action, to be, to be exact, and entertainment. So 786-344-6973 is the number to call to get your tickets before this event sells out. Elio, thanks so very much, and we look forward to seeing all the action this Saturday, September 30th, the debut of 3-0 Fights TV. Where champions rise. Welcome back, everyone, to The Roman Show. Make sure you follow us 
on our social media accounts at The Roman Show on Twitter and Roman Show Media on Facebook and Instagram. Now, it's a true honor uh, to have this legendary man who's been involved with pro wrestling as a ring announcer to have him here on The Roman Show because he'll be coming to a city near you. I know some of us here are in Miami, but listen, you can make the drive up north to Orlando or Tampa because this man, Mr. Gary Michael Capetta, you know this man very well. He's been uh, he's a legend in the sport of professional wrestling. You've seen him in WWF, which is now WWE, uh, the ROHs. Uh, it just goes on and on, AWA, and so much more. And he is bringing his one-man stage show beyond body slams across six cities of the United States. Again, he'll be stopping over in Tampa uh, on October 14 and also in uh, Orlando. For more information, you can visit the website, theromanshow.com. But he's not also a, not only a, a ring announcer, but also an author, as he authored Body Slams, Memoirs of Wrestling Pitchman, available right now for purchase. So now, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Mr. Gary. Thank you so very much for joining us here uh, on The Roman Show. You were here for the WrestleMania uh, event not too long ago. But what? Well, you're coming correct. back again. You're coming back again to, to Florida. I love Florida. Yeah. Um, I was in um, Orlando for WrestleMania weekend at mm-hmm. WrestleCon, mm-hmm. and I met so many uh, great fans, not only of Florida but from around the world. It was amazing. It was just amazing to have that opportunity. So yeah, on um, October 14th I'll be in Tampa. The 15th I'll be in Orlando. And this is the first time that I'm bringing my stage show to Florida. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I really look forward to it. So what, tell us a little bit about Beyond, Beyond Bottle Slams. Uh, what type of show are we going to experience? I remember one with uh, Mick Foley. We had one down here not too long ago. But I understand yours is a little bit different, very unique for what it is. Yeah, it is different. It's uh, This is actually a show that I created uh, when my... Body Slam's book originally came out. Um, the, the name of the show, Beyond Body Slam's, means that I'll be telling stories from the book, but going beyond stories that didn't get in the book, um, stories since the book came out. And the difference between what I do and what Mick would do or JR would do is this is a stage show. It's not a, it's not a comedy act. It's not a, uh, just a Q&A. Although we do a, a question and answer as an encore at the end, this is a stage show with props, um, with giant screen video. So as I tell you about the night Mick Foley lost his ear in Munich, Germany, you're seeing the match overhead, that match that he where he lost his ear, and you're seeing the referee bend down and pick up the ear and bring it over to me, and. Um, so it's it's very different because it's got the visuals, I've got props, I've got costume changes. It's a it's a two hour show with a fifteen minute intermission. So that's it makes it unique in that way. It, it does because you recall you mentioned Mick Foley. I mentioned I was there. There is there is some of course there is some interaction with the crowd, but not too much of the visuals. And I think that really brings a lot to a one man stage show since you're just seeing one person. But to bring these props, these visuals. It, it really, it now, not only for the ear, but also for the eyes. Yeah, because that um, that night when Mick lost his ear during that match with Vader, um, that was not a televised event. Mm-hmm. That, that footage was picked up by a fan at ringside with his personal camcorder. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing how good the footage is, the quality. Um, so it's, these are rare clips that you're not going to see anywhere else. Um, for instance... 
um, NWA when I was working with Jim Crockett Promotions and we were on tour with the Great American Bash. There are scenes from backstage in the dressing room with the guys, um, you know, fooling around a little bit here or there. Mm -hmm. um, you'll see that. Um, you're not going to see that anywhere else on any other uh, state show that you go to. So it, it makes it all very unique. And there will be that opportunity for that Q&A session with the, with the fans and, of course, meet and greets and pictures and so forth as well? Yes. Um, at the end of the show, um, I take questions from the audience. Um, and there's two, level of, two levels of ticketing. There's the general admission, and then there's the meet and greet ticket. So if you purchase the meet and greet ticket, you, um, you know, then we have an opportunity to chat personally after the show um and i'll post for pictures sign whatever anyone has um and in addition to tampa and orlando um i actually start the tour in atlanta on friday october 13th that same weekend and then i go to tampa on the 14th orlando on the 15th asbury park new jersey october 28th then out to louisville kentucky on november the fourth and I wind up this part of the tour in New York City um, at Queens Theater on November the 11th. Absolutely. So it's six cities, six cities in a short period of time. And we'll make sure to post that on our website, of course, for detail information, ticket purchases, and so much more. Now, of course, Florida, you know, now it's become um, the haven, the mecca, if you want to say, of professional wrestling, because the WWE now has a performance center. And, you know, we just had WrestleMania. We have several events down here. Um, any, any fond memories you have uh, coming to Florida here as a ring announcer that you could recall? Always. I always did. At the time, um, when I was working with WCW and I was touring Florida, my mom lived in, um, in Florida. She lived in Jensen Beach. Okay. Um, so, you know, so I would always stop there. I would have pro usually like a couple of the guys with me and, you know, we would stay there instead of going to a hotel. So that was, you know, always fun. Um, my very last full card of wrestling that I announced was at the Bayfront Center in St. Petersburg. Hmm. Uh, when my contract came due with WCW, that was the very last night that I announced. Um, and you mentioned that, and you're absolutely right, that there are wrestling schools galore mm -hmm. in Tampa and Orlando. And what's unique about the Orlando show, usually I play small theaters, but in Orlando, I'm going to be doing I'm, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm doing the show from center ring yeah. at Alex Porto's um, professional wrestling 2.0 mm -hmm. training center. Mm -hmm. So that's very unique that I'm bringing uh, the show in Orlando to uh, to a wrestling school. And, and that that's the bigger prop, biggest prop of all. You're inside a professional wrestling ring, ring, ring exactly. You know, you can't. Yeah, we'll probably it. like, take the ropes down so people can see easy. You know, we'll we'll set it up. Uh, people will be sitting on three sides of the ring, I'm guessing. Um, so everybody will have a good view. Right, right. I mean, I mean that 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 right itself is, is innovative. I mean, we just saw. I'm not sure if you saw all of those the sports of mixed martial arts combat sports mix. Uh, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. They they had a a, a face off in the ring. You know, prior to the actual fight itself. So it's evolving with time. So it's really great to see that you're taking uh, your tour to the Pro Wrestling 2.0 Training Center. And just, just for the, 
mentioning here, 1468 North uh, Goldenrod Road is where it's located in Orlando, Florida. Now, next has some questions as, as a ring announcer. Of course, the ring announcer role has changed over the time. We've seen a lot of changes. Uh, what what tick would you say uh, that this role, this position, has changed throughout the years since you you started um, in professional wrestling? What what changes have you seen? Uh, has it been uh, for the good? Has it been for the bad? That's a great question. Um, the role of the ring announcer has be, been de-emphasized. If you look at today's WWE product, you'll see the ring announcer mostly stand in the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, you rarely see the ring announcer. The ring announcer is rarely referred to. Um, when I was with WCW or when I was on ESPN with AWA, they would always say, let's go up to the ring, our ring announcer, Gary Michael Capetto. And I would stand in center ring. And of course, you know, I'd scoot out of the way when a wrestler came in and started bouncing off the ropes or um, if they got into it before the announcements, I jumped out quickly. Um, but the role of the ring announcer really has been de-emphasized. Um, and if you listen to the style, if you just if you don't look at at the video and you just listen to the ring announcements, they're all the same. It's John Cena, uh, Roman Reigns. When I was working with WWF, WWE, and WCW. Um, part of my role was to set the stage and the tone mm-hmm. for a match. Mm-hmm. So the seriousness of my voice, you know, added to the event. It added to the fact that this is for the title. This is serious. Or this is a grudge match. Now that kind of thing. So um, <clears throat> it has changed uh, quite a bit in both the positioning of the ring announcer physically how they're not referred to anymore and the inflection of their voice is all the same today as opposed to supporting the match that the people have been waiting to see. You know, it's great you mentioned that and I thought I was the only, you know, dummy that was like, what the heck happened to the ring enough? Because he, he plays such a, a vital role in a match. Not It's not that he's trying to take the limelight, but he, he pretty much builds up the fight, just like you mentioned, you know, you get the crowd rowdied up. Even even if you have a a, a jobber going up against a, a talented, you know, well-known name, but if you had the ring announcer voice, that tone of voice, build up the guys, I think it really changes the panorama in, in the match. Yeah, if you you know, back in the day, in the in the early the the early Sting days mm-hmm. um, in WCW, if you looked at Sting, you heard me. Without, I'm, I'm talking, let's say you're driving home from the show. Mm-hmm. You think about Sting, you hear, this is Sting. It was unique and different from the way I announced ravishing Rick Rude. You know, with that, that growl. Each wrestler had their own unique introduction that I created. And it was identifiable with each character. I've seen some glimpses of that. Uh, over at the NXT brand, you know, where they they they, they take it at a, a different level, especially with these tournaments and the and the finales, when they get the ring announcer and they put him in the middle and they announce and so forth. But do you think little by little we'll be we'll be seeing a little bit more of that transitioning into the WWE's maybe like a, a Bruce Buffer type of style uh, with MMA, perhaps it could change your panorama in pro wrestling. And would, would it be a good fit? 
yeah, I would hope that the art of pro, of, of ring announcing would return, um, because the reason that it was done was that it, once again, it added to the event. It added to the hype. It added to how you felt. Um, and, it, you know, it's not to say, um, as an old-timer, I'll be the first to say that the pro wrestlers of today, the young men and women, much more athletic overall than the pro wrestlers of the past. Mm-hmm. They just are. It's a matter of taking that athleticism that they possess and their looks and um, continuing to apply old school kind of rules. I mean, there are certain things that worked, certain things that that drew an audience in. I'd like to see more of a reason why two wrestlers are wrestling each other. That it's not, oh, well, let me show you the moves that I know. That it's, I, I want to beat you, and that there's a reason for it. Too often there's um, people in the audience are thinking too much. They're not feeling enough. I, I want what happens in the ring to grab people by the heartstrings and, and, and from the gut. Um, when you watch WWE programming, when a wrestler comes out for their entrance, the entire auditorium, the entire um, building, everybody chants the same thing. It's, there's no individuality to that. We are, I want, we are seeing though, some interaction though, between the ring announcer and the fans lately. For example, uh, we, we, I can't remember his name right now, but the, one of the uh, SmackDown and the ring announcer who says, for one fall, and then their crowd will react, one fall, which is, which is pretty unique. That's different, mm-hmm. um, but it's 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 a group. It's like groupthink. I, I want to get away from groupthink. I want to get away from everybody responding exactly the same way, and to to internalize what they're seeing in the ring individually. Uh, it's it's no different now than going to like a certain concert, mm-hmm. and everybody's waving their arms in the same direction at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's not wrestling. Mm-hmm. Wrestling should be more personal. Mm-hmm. Now, funny story how you started. You were a fan. You got a pre- you got a press credential. Really, just wanted to be there, watch the shows. Then at one time, uh, you noticed that uh, there was a gentleman at the ticket office that we back and forth uh, to ring announce to say, "Hey, what's going on here?" And you volunteered to be a ring announcer. Uh, that's how you started. But nowadays, how, how do you become a ring announcer? What is it that they look for? Uh, to be to play this role um i honestly i couldn't answer that question i don't know how they cast their ring announcers um when i when i began i had no intention of ring announcing as a career i i just <laughs> they didn't have one i volunteered <laughs> and um they liked what they heard and asked me to come back and um 2 years later they put me on television so I was on television with the WWE from uh, like for eight years uh, before I went on ESPN with the AWA. So this was not a plan. It was not. It was not a career path. I've never had a broadcasting class. I've never had a media class. I just instinctually, from my gut, did what I felt was the most effective. I was. I was a fan, and I always will be a fan, and that's. I, you know, whether you're a ring announcer or a referee or a wrestler, one thing that you should never lose sight of is what you observed and how you felt 
when you were sitting in the audience. Um, I knew what made the event more exciting to me as a wrestling fan sitting in the third row or up in the bleachers. And, and I think as a performer should, and, and it, we're talking musician, we're talking actor, any kind of entertainer, should never lose sight of, uh, you know, of what your audience is witnessing. I mean, that's who you're there for. Now, in the role of ring announcing, there's been some times where they have a special guest ring announcer. Just recently in WrestleMania, they had Al Roker, you know, the weatherman from the Today Show, uh, guest ring announce. Uh, John, uh, he, he, he announced the John Cena match and the Miz ma- uh, match, the, the tag match they had. Has there been any, any uh, particular guest ring announcer that, that you recall that kind of impressed you for what he or she did? Actually, um, no, that, that's never happened. Um, when I was working with WCW, they would bring Michael Buffer yeah. in. Uh, to do uh, a, like one match at a pay-per-view, mm-hmm. but that was just really as close as I came to working with a, um, a celebrity who was brought into Ring Announce. Mm-hmm. And, and now, was there one particular wrestler that you always enjoyed per, uh, announcing his or her name, uh, and that you had that interaction, that feeling when you looked? Perhaps you looked at that person, that that wrestler's eyes, and it, it just pumped you up even more to add more flavor into to the announcing of the match. Well, that comes from my roots as a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruno San Martino was my hero when I was a kid. And so to have an opportunity to not only introduce him, but also to get to know him and to find out that as great as I thought he was, when I got to know him, he was even greater. <laughs> he's, he's just such a, a wonderful individual, um, you know, I, I guess it just comes from being a fan. And um, I also, we had a series of matches in WCW uh, between uh, Ric Flair and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat um, in Chicago and Tennessee and at the Superdome in New Orleans. And they, they were very exciting matches to introduce. I mean, they were just incredible matches. But the, um, you know, the hype around those matches and the, the intense feelings of the fans, that's really what drives you more than anything. That is what I was going to ask you because, you know, I have my experience here with MMA announcing, and when you know the background between the match or the fight, knowing it already, as a ring announcer, it must fuel you up, energize you when you're about about to announce both of these guys' names inside the, the squared circle. Yeah, I would say that, you know, that I would feed off the fans more than any individual wrestler. Um, the other thing that is overlooked is, um, as, as the TV announcer, um, one of my most important roles was when we were not on TV, before the show comes on the air, to get the people pumped up so that when the viewer at home tunes in, they've got a rabid audience and they're up and they're on their feet and they're chanting and they're cheering. Um, people at home who've never been to a live event that's been televised don't realize the interaction between, at least when I used to do it, the interaction between the ring announcer and the audience. Um, and then in, at events that were not televised, let's say uh, an important match or a main event was not going to take place as advertised. Maybe someone missed a flight or something happened. Um, to communicate that to the people in the audience, 
and to tell them what they were going to see instead of that in a certain way to make them feel like they're not losing out, there's an art to that. There's a way to deliver that. Um, one of the, it's, it's a video that's gone viral, um, is me in the Meadowlands telling the people that Ric Flair was no longer the WCW champion and that he wasn't going to be there that night and that he was going to be leaving the company. That, you know, people, they booed and booed and threw things at the, you know, at the ring. Um, there's an, there's a way to deliver that kind of message for minimal negative impact. And it's an art form. Yeah, and, and, you know, I can't remember the last time I went to a WWE show or any pro wrestling show, of course, to that level, that has that interaction with uh, the wrestling, the ring announcer and the fans. I remember there was a Monday Night show that they did. They used to do that. You know, they oh, we're on in five seconds. We're on in ten seconds. And by the time back then they had the, the pyros, the crowd would lose it. Now it's just, yes. they don't do anything at all. It's just, boom, starts, that's it. Nobody knows anything. That's right. And the people sitting at home would have no idea, you know, why the folks are, are all pumped up. Um, yeah, that there are a lot of different roles of the ring announcer that um, is not apparent to someone who doesn't go to an event in person. Yeah, and, and, and hopefully it changes uh, because uh, I respect you for what, for what you've done and you're accomplishing your career. And I think that, you know, sometimes if we were to, of course, we always evolve uh, in everything that we do, but to bring some of that stuff that you use then and involve it to what it is today, I think it would just act that extra spice uh, to any match uh, and any promotion. So, Mr. Gary, I want to thank you so very much for taking your time uh, and speaking to us here. Once again, he'll be stopping um, six cities uh, on his tour of Beyond Body Slams. It's a one-man stage show. Uh, they're coming to, uh, he's coming to Tampa in, in uh, Orlando, so not too far here from South Florida. Make sure you get all the ticket information at theromanshow.com. You can find out the prices and so much more. Mr. Gary, again, thank you so very much. Again, you could also pick up his memoir, Body Slams, Memoirs of a Wrestling Pitchman, available right now for purchase on Amazon and uh, the other services. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I, I, I just I look forward. I, I love being on the road. I love interacting with the fans. So in those six cities, um, I, like, I really get pumped and I'm psyched. And uh, the tickets are at eventbrite.com. If they search Body Slams, then the event closest to them will come up. And uh, I cannot wait to get down to Florida and Atlanta and New York and New Jersey and Louisville. I, I just can't wait. Thank you so very much. Hopefully you won't have any storms when you come here because, you know, hurricane season's not over till November 30th. But I think we'll be okay for now. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going we're gonna to rock the building, but from the inside. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Thank you so much. I look forward to uh, the action there. One Man Stage Show, Beyond Body Slams, featuring legendary professional ring announcer, Mr. Gary Michael Capetta. Uh, make sure you go ahead and purchase your tickets right now before it's too late. Make sure you're, you get your seat. Thank you so much again, Mr. Gary. Appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Listeners all around the world, welcome to The Showdown. Okay, there you heard it, folks. 305 Fights TV going on this Saturday night. Get your tickets, 305fights.com is the website. Yours truly will be out there. Center Cage announcing the names of the fighters. Now, it's time to talk some mixed martial arts, George. Conor McGregor, after his uh, very uh, wealthy fight with Floyd Mayweather... Uh, even though he lost, it seems like he really won because he's out there traveling all over the world, 
celebrating with his $3 million or whatever millions of dollars that he got. And, okay, so what's going to happen next? Where is going to... Where is Conor McGregor, the UFC lightweight champion, going to appear? He's non-existent. I have no idea where where, where Conor McGregor, what he's going to do next. Is he going to go to boxing? Is he going to go to UFC? Well, one rumor is that he is returning to mixed martial arts, and that is to face his nemesis, Mr. Nate Diaz, in the trilogy fight. Right now, they're they're tied 1-1, and allegedly... This fight might take place at the end of the year in December 2017 or early next year, 2018. Now, I would say, George, that this fight, of course, it does make sense. And it will make in money. It's not going to bring Mayweather-McGregor money. We understand that. However, on another side, McGregor needs to defend his title. Kevin Lee and Tony Ferguson will be fighting for the interim lightweight title next week the next uh, the upcoming UFC 216 pay-per-view. But we want to see Connor's title defended, man. I mean, he won fair and square great, but this guy I in fact, he has not defended his title. He never defended the featherweight title. So, I mean, he keeps winning all these titles, but he doesn't defend it because right now they're using him for the money. Yeah, and right now money is with McGregor and Diaz. Now, mind you, I understand where you're coming from. Yes, every champion needs to defend their title. There comes to a certain point that says, hey, come on, you, you lasted so long that you're representing a division. Hello? You know, I understand that. But at the same time, if there's a money fight, you know, you have to think as business. Business is not going to ignore a money fight. No matter how many titles you hold, they will not ignore a money fight. So what I'm saying is Diaz and McGregor is that money fight because it's the rubber fight. It's like time to finally decide, hey, who's the best? Nate has won one. Connor has won the other. Time to figure out who's the best. And I cannot wait to see all the press conferences, all the promos, all the, uh, the hype-ups, everything leading up to that fight because every time those two step in the octagon or are signed to fight each other is pure magic. It is, and uh, but the funny thing is, the last time our, uh, Connor or Nate was, was fined for throwing water bottles or whatever the heck it is, and the, the last time they fought. But yeah, I know they're boys, I know they're friends, but okay, let's have this fight. But I will tell you this, it won't look good if Connor loses to Nate. <laughs> because now you have back-to-back losses, one in boxing and one in MMA. So Connor needs to win. He, this is definitely, I don't put it up to, to this much but this is pretty much a, a, a do or die type of thing because if not he can't go on talking all the trash he's been speaking you know he has to eventually get back to his, his division 155 because he's going to fight Nate at, at welterweight so he, he needs to go back to his 155 division and defeat the winner of Ferguson and, and Lee but I'm telling you McGregor's walking a, a very thin line here well, uh, he might be walking a very thin line, but do you think that's not going to be fuel for his fire? You know, we've always known Connor to be that guy that, hey, if you tell him that he can't do it, he's going to find a way to, hey, I'm going to do it, whether you like me or you don't. You know, a lot of people thought that Connor was never going to enter a boxing ring, but that man did. He entered a boxing ring, and as bad as a lot of people say the fight was or or however it came to be, he was still in there. 
and a lot of people still say in 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 a way that an MMA fighter stood in the boxing ring with for what ten rounds, right? Ten rounds with a professional boxer. Now, if a professional boxer got in the octagon with a professional MMA fighter, do you think they're going to last a round? I don't think so. So totally different, uh, you know, arena. And we noticed that when McGregor stepped into the 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 ring when he fought Mayweather. But that's what I'm saying. Like a professional MMA guy was able to stay in the ring and go blow to blow with a professional boxer for ten rounds. Ten rounds. Okay, so, and a lot of people doubted it. A lot of people thought that McGregor wasn't going to last five, but he lasted ten. So, again, when you fuel him, that's when he's most dangerous. And I feel like this is this fight, it, like how you said, it's so much pressure on him. That's going to be a lot of fuel on his fire. And I feel like this fight is going to definitely be one to remember. Well, he better bring it. Okay. So there's talks now that Joanna Jurczyk, the strawweight champion, well, might go up uh, in weight. Uh, potentially, she is looking at jumping, but she wants to obviously fight, uh, defend her title at least once or twice. She's defended. Um, see, she's going to defeat now uh, Rose Navajunas at UFC 217. If she defeats her, she will equal Ronda Rousey's sixth title defense. Uh, that she had at the bantamweight division. Now this this is good because Joanna is a great fighter, but she's all she's kind of stuck in a, in a position just like Demetrius Johnson, the flyweight champion. You know he moved up a weight and it didn't do too well when he took on um, Dominic uh, Cruz. But then again, it could be a little different on on, on Joanna's uh, the competition, of course, in in in, in the women in the women division. It's, it's kind of lacking, especially in the strawweight. Uh, so Valentina now has decided to move down to flyweight, and I would love to see that fight between Joanna and Valentina because these two are, are, are great stand-up fighters, and what they will bring is just absolutely incredible magic in there inside the, the uh, octagon. Now, Valentina had uh, two defeats against Amanda Nunes, the current bantamweight champion, so there, there's no choice. She basically said, listen, I, I, I can go on. I took on Amanda twice. I lost both. I have to go down. I'm going to go ahead and become a star in the strawweight division. So let's see how that goes. Uh, but absolutely, JJ moving up would be phenomenal. And there was talk at one point uh, that if Amanda Nunes were to go down, which I don't think so because she, she's, she's a pretty thick girl. But Joanna making that move, that'd be a pretty good fight because Mind you, they both train an American top team. So you got two team members going at it. And ironically, they're both champions. So that'd be pretty sweet to see inside the octagon. Uh, if that were to ever happen, the question now in everyone's mind is who's going to be the one to defeat Amanda Nunes? And we all know Amanda is extremely dangerous in that octagon. So even though a lot of people were disappointed with her, you know, cancellation of that fight that that passed, but yeah, the the first one. But uh, but the point is, is this: she's still extremely dangerous. She's in, extremely intimidating. I met her, and mind you, the, the question is, who will be now the one to defeat her? It's kind of like now she has the Ronda Rousey thing. Mm -hmm. 
now everyone's wondering who's going to be the one to defeat Nunes when back in the day it was who's going to defeat Rousey. So I feel like a lot of people are now going to come out from all walks of life to defend Nunes, even if it has to be some women to gain weight, you know, in order to fight her or lose weight. So it's like, hey, with whatever builds that respect, that that, that fight, that, that feel that, hey, I love the women's division again, they're going to do it. So by all means. Yeah, but see, and, and I was just actually having a conversation the other day uh, with another person who follows the sport very, very well. George, I don't think Amanda Nunes has any competition, to be honest, in her division. I think she's going to hold that title for quite some time because she fought the top, which was Valentina. Then you have Holy Hom. I don't think Holy Hom can bring it, to be honest. We've seen her, how the, the, her recent performances. You know, she, she beat Ronda Rousey, and that's pretty much that's it. Then you have uh, Juliana Pena. I'm not sold on her. And Raquel Pennington, not sold on her too. Katzen uh, Gano, we all saw what happened to her when she fought Ronda Rousey. Same thing with Sarah McMahon. So I, I just, I don't see, I, I really think that Amanda Nunes uh, is going to be champion for quite some time. Cyborg. Well, remember, Cyborg is in, is in, is in a different uh, yeah, division. But yes, if, if, if you were to put Cyborg, that, that, that would be a very fun fight. But I think they, they respect each other. But yes, I would love to see that fight. Yeah, make it happen. If you don't have enough competition in one division, find a way to make it happen. Connor has done it in the male division where he's lost weight, gained weight, just to in, in order to make these fights. Why can't the women? I agree with you. All right, remember, guys, we're always live on our website, theromanshow.com, also on our social media accounts, at The Roman Show on Twitter, Roman Show Media on Facebook, and on Instagram and on our YouTube channel, that's youtube.com for slash Romano 201 Last note, I want to finish things off here, George. President Trump held a rally uh, over the weekend criticizing the NFL players who have been kneeling down protesting uh, for the, quote-unquote, uh, violence uh, police officers toward African Americans. And he basically said that he found it very disrespectful that these individuals are kneeling down when they are playing the national anthem. He said that it's a, la- it's, a, it's a lack of respect because this is the flag. This is their symbol. And when you kneel down, it's almost like you're you know, pretty much spitting on, the, on, the, on the, 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 the soldiers that have defended this country in our beliefs. That is a two-way street with this, George. Two-way street uh, as far as how people feel about this. Um, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Every person in the United States has a right to protest. They have a right to express their opinions, say whatever they want. Of course, as long as no one gets hurt. And I feel that kneeling down, it's, it's not bad. You're not hurting anyone. It's disrespectful in a way, in a sense, right? Because we want to stand up and we want to show that we respect those individuals, men and women in uniform, that not only protect us here, whether you're a police officer or a firefighter, but also are, are out there protecting our rights overseas, putting your life on the line, like a police officer, like a soldier. So in a way, it's like you're really just looking down upon all those people and what they do on a voluntary basis. Because the military, as we know, is on a volunteer basis. 
you volunteer to represent the country and fight for its right. So, again, I am all for the protesting. That's totally cool. What some of the NFL teams did, they all stood up together and they, 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 they held on. That's cool. That's great with me. But then leaning down, I think that you should just stand up. Again, I'm all for it. It's cool. You want to go out there and, 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 and sing Kumbaya, whatever you want to do, knock yourself out. But just show just a little appreciation and a little respect for the flag because this is not about race. It's about what you stand for. You understand? I don't know about you, George, but every time I hear the national anthem, you know, I get emotional because I, 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 I feel you know, that passion that, that, that how people gave up their lives to fight for the freedom that we have today, to allow people from other countries to have an opportunity and live their dreams in this country. And those people fought for those rights. So by someone turning their backs on the, on the flag or not showing up because they don't want to be part of the controversy, just really think about it, George. I, I think that you should show that respect to the flag, even though it's a symbol, but you should stand up and appreciate I don't know what you think about this, but we'd be glad to hear your opinion. Personally, uh, earlier on my return episode of Russell City Radio, I spoke to a former football player, Mike Orlando. He was an NCAA football player, and he had an opinion on this, and I had to agree with him. The football field is nowhere to be doing this kind of conduct. You could have gone to a city hall or have a talk on the street or, or whatever. That would have made a difference. But now you've got the NFL in the middle of this, and basically due to that action, the NFL now looks like absolute garbage. So personally, yes, I agree with everything you said. Uh, you know, you have people fighting for your country, making sure that you have the right to either kneel or stand. Yes, but you have that right. So at the end of the day, you kind of disrespected them by doing what you did, and... and uh, that's, that's just not fair. Yeah, just to show respect. Again, no one is telling you not to go out there and protest on the streets. Do whatever you have. Just show some respect to the flag, to what it symbolizes, to what it means. And really, the lives that have been lost for that flag stand up every single day and wave show the appreciation that we have for the lives that, that have been given up I and mean, so many men and women have given up their lives for the right. It's just that's all it is, to show the appreciation and, and, and to all the athletes. LeBron James, you're a great talent. You're awesome. But just, just, just think what you're good at. I don't remember Michael Jordan going out there and putting out a, a word about this and that. I think that you just cannot make Sports and politics. They love to do it. They love to do the sports and politics mix. But please, leave sports as is. It's a form of entertainment. Don't mix politics and sports. I'm pretty sure you guys are already tired of going on CNN or Fox News and watching the same crap over and over again. Leave the politics out of sport. I want to watch sports just to watch that, not to be involved with politics. With that being said, this has been the Roman Show. If you haven't been on, you haven't been heard. We'll catch you next week as we welcome MVP.